Nice of you to join me. Hello. Cool sunglasses. Thanks. They're my 3D doctor glasses. Dr. Ten. Oh. No. Oh no way. That's a different one. That's the Are you trying to mash up everything? I know. The seatbelt sign is on. It's gonna be a rough ride. Welcome back to the Flight Attendant Podcast. That's Uncle Jay. And that talking right now is... <laughs> I will almost call you Mrs. B. <laughs> Mrs. B. I can't take you anywhere. Nowhere. 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 Wait, so is that it? Are we just going to keep that? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Keep the silliness. All right. How are you? I'm good. Ha- I'm gonna be a, a little too happy. I've been drinking. You had that Mexican well, water. I was <laughs> literally <laughs> so, a little bit of that. So while you were at your kids' party, I was at a quinceanera. Oh, and- oh great! Thank you. <laughs> that's and- that's what I do. You know, go to kids' <laughs> parties and get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, such is life <laughs> um, so but you were at the at i was at a quinceanera with my mom and a quinceanera where i was lured with food but there was no food when i got there <laughs> my mom says do you want anything to drink i think they finally opened up the bar and i was like yeah i'll have some mexican water and she goes like okay what flavor <laughs> 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 oh, the innocence. I know. And I was like, Mom, Mexican <laughs> water is tequila. And she goes, like, No, I'm not getting you tequila. <laughs> I was like, fine. I'll take some break. She lured you into the she lured you. She lured you into quinceanera like pss, 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 pss. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. She was like, she was like, hey, are you hungry? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, like, because we have this quinceanera that we were invited to. And I was like, I really don't want to go because, you know, they played the banda music and that's not really my thing. Um, boom, 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 right, exactly. Boom, 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 boom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she said, yeah, but then they have food. And I said, what time does it start? She said it started at four. I was like, cool, let's go. It's four. It's four now. So by the time we get there. She did a pss, pss. Exactly. So we get there and they're just setting up. Like there's no food. There's no drinks. Like they had literally just set up the tables. And so we talked to. Oh gosh. We talked to the mom of the quinceanera. And she was. She said. No. 
it's, it starts at five, but it was like five forty by the time they still didn't have food. And I was like, well, I'm kind of hungry. Let's go get some Arby's. <laughs> but you know, you know, we're on Hispanic time. So five means it's going to be six or seven. You should know this. Yes. But I was told it was at four. So I said, cool by four forty. Oh, uh, but got it. That, that should be fine. Yeah. That should have been enough time. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, so not only that, but I also had to make a shirt for this girl, right? As a birthday present, I got to drive and I had to pay for food. So not only was I lured with the intent of giving me food, but I also had to work and I didn't get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. It was totally like a trip to the vet. To a cat. First, they called you pss, 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 retreats. <laughs> Put you in a cage and sent you to the vet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what about you? How was your kid's party? <laughs> it's a, um, a friend of mine. Uh, her baby is a one year old. Wait, wait, and, hold on. Um, you have other friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> how rude so um yeah there was a lot and a lot of babies my uterus was like shrinking i was like oh i don't even have a uterus and my uterus is like reacting to all these baby things so i got to go shopping for him so it was good i like like baby uh clothes shopping but that's about it at this point in my life i feel like for me um i get really excited when i see babies clothes And then I babysit my nieces and nephews. And I was like, cool, I'm good for like another couple of years. <laughs> and your editor shrinks. <laughs> your ovaries dry out. <laughs> That's what happened to me. And I don't even have them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the best part was I got to see a couple of friends that I haven't seen in a while. There was some eye candy there. Ooh. And um the best part was the the Mexican water and tacos. Yeah, I got tacos. I didn't. Here, smell my hands. They smell like corn tortillas. Ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so what you want to do today? Today I got some news for you from the Washington Post. Uh, this might be a little bit controversial and maybe political, but Tommy Lahren, which we know who she is, is latest to compare pandemic rules to Nazism. I hope I said that right. In critiquing flight attendant mask enforcement. So here we go. Ooh. Fox News commentator Tommy Lahren on Thursday joined a growing number of right-wing pundits and politicians comparing COVID-19 restriction to Nazism. Okay, girl, whatever. Uh, Lauren took issues uh, issue with some flight attendants and foreign of federal mask mandates on airplanes during seg a segment on the show Outnumbered. There are so many good flight attendants out there, but there are some flight attendants out there that take their job as the mass police to extremes, becoming almost Nazis of the air. Learning a host of the Fox Nation subscription service said, and it's ridiculous. None of the other four panelists on the segment respond to the Nazi comparison 
which drew criticism on social media, where a clip showing her comments was viewed more than half a million times. Fox News did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the segment. Land remarks comes as some conservative politicians have drawn fire for comparing the enforcement of coronavirus policies to Nazi atrocities during the Holocaust. What? On Tuesday, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, a a Republican uh, from Georgia, called the people aiding President Biden's push to encourage Americans to get vaccinated medical brown shirts what what is happening seriously like how is me asking somebody to put a mask on is nazis mm. <laughs> Nazism. Nazism. it's Nazism. not first of all it's not people just don't care for other people's lives i guess enforcing rules is not nazis cannot be i don't know Brown shares refer to paramilitary organization that helped the Nazi party rise to power. Green's comments came weeks after she visited the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum and apologized for previously comparing face mask police policies to the Nazi practice of labeling Jews with Star of David Badge. The Washington Post Felicia Somnes reported this week. And the accusations are really serious. I mean, you have uh, we're not sorry this might be a little too graphic but we're not gas chambering people in a plane what, what, how is that is compared to putting a mask on it's not not at all I, I just had some guy yesterday said to me can I take my mask off I can't breathe you can breathe you're, the fact that you're talking to me tells me that you haven't died so you can breathe gosh i mean it's just kind of so crazy this is nothing like new so i'm not sure why although we know that she lies controversy so i'm not shocked that she says something like this but other other politicians have said similar things and obviously you know as, as the the article mentioned they have to apologize. They have publicly apologized because the comparison is a very controversial one. Like this happened, the Nazi era happened like not so long ago. There were still people here living that survived the Nazi era. So it's still fresh. You cannot just go ahead and just throw that situation and compare it to anything. And even... Know? And even if it wasn't fresh, uh, yeah. there are still like families that have been affected by all of that. So last week, Washington uh, Washington State Representative Jim Walsh wore a yellow star of David to show how denying people their rights can lead to terrible outcomes. In the COVID-19 era, the Republican lawmakers later apologized. Lauren, who once referred to social distancing as willfully slavery, said the strict enforcement of mask mandates is irritating some airlines some airline passengers airlines have reported the, a sharp uptick in bad behavior from passengers this year it drops beneath your nose lauren said referencing a sleeping mask and the flight attendants are constantly getting mad at you it's no wonder people are getting frustrated she said 
the thing is, yes, the ones that that generally slip, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, like I forgot or like I didn't feel it. But it's the ones that that do it on purpose that are the ones that are irritated right. because they know exactly what they're doing. They know that it's a federal mandate to have it in or like on while you're in the plane. So they're the ones that are causing all this ruckus. 3,000 cases just this year and we're not even, we just got into the middle of the year and that's so much compared. That's, right. that's 10 times as much as last year in just half a year. And or the ones that like babysit the coke and the eyes is like completely. You can see the coke is like sink to the bottom and the ice is like, sh- like melted on the top. Is like you're not drinking your drink. I need you to put your mask. And the thing is, it's it's people like her that are putting us in a very tough position because we are only doing our jobs, just like just like everybody else is doing their jobs. It is our job to remind you to wear a mask. We're not enforcing like we're. It's not us enforcing yeah. it. Is the federal government? We're just following what the federal government wants us to do, and unfortunately, it puts us in that position of like, oh, you're being a mask police. You're being this. You're being that. But again, it's part of our job. It's like us asking them to put their seatbelt on. Hey, it's for your safety. I'm doing your job by reminding you, put your seatbelt on. Right. I don't know what the difference is of like me telling you, putting a mask on. I'm doing my job. Flight attendants dealing with a spate of passengers, bad behavior, face serious challenges in the air. Sarah Nelson, international president of the Association of Flight Attendants told the post in June, if you talk with some flight attendants, they will certainly say this is the worst we've ever seen it. Nelson said that less than a month after a passenger allegedly not out of flight attendant teeth, it's pervasive. There is constant conflict on board. Nelson responded to Lauren's remark about flight attendants on Thursday, urging travelers not to listen to the cable news commentator. Get vaccinated wear a mask and come fly with us. Nelson said, we're only getting back to normal if we all work together. And I couldn't say it any better than that. Exactly. Do you have any news for me? This is from (laughs) MissMagazine.com. So discrimination is still haunting the flight attendant profession. The flight attendant profession successfully fought discrimination in 1968 after the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission agreed that U.S. Airlines violated Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 when they terminated terminated or fired women flight attendants on marriage or turning 32 or 35 years of age. Yet here we are, 53 years later, still burdened by a quiet form of discrimination in a female-dominated profession. Why does media omit the cabin crew's action in air disasters? Television, media, and newspapers often omit the cabin crew's actions when describing air disasters, outlining what the pilots and the ground rescue teams did, but not the flight attendants' actions. For example, when reporting on a single engine fire on the ground at an airport with a successful evacuation of the aircraft, a newspaper article stated, the firefighters, the firefighters successfully evacuated the aircraft. Well, no. They did not evacuate the aircraft. They were outside of the aircraft. The flight attendants Uh -uh. evacuated the aircraft. Another example, 
Captain of a United Airlines 747 incident stated during an on-air interview, we blew the sh we blew the chutes and successfully evacuated the aircraft. Again, no, the flight attendants activated the slide rafts and successfully evacuated the aircraft. The pilots landed the plane. For those watching television or reading a newspaper. And they're the last ones to live in a evacuation, just FYI. Yeah, I will get like they they do they do have to leave last to make sure that there's no passengers left behind, but that's even after the last flight attendant has made her last or his last rounds. For those of you watching television or right. reading of reading a newspaper about these accounts who have no idea about the roles of a flight attendant aircraft accidents and incidents, the statements are completely misleading and can suggest the pilots or the firefighters completed these evacuations. These omissions in such a female-dominated profession affect flight attendants' base scale reputation and more. Flight attendants are the first responders in an aircraft crash. Thank you so much, Ms. Magazine. The world now recognizes and rightfully praises Said the it louder for the people the in the back. responders, firefighters, EMS, police, and or security in a mass in mass casualty events. The 9-11 tragedy brought this into focus, but that day on those four hijacked airplanes, the cabin crew were the first responders as they always are. They lived it, they were on that plane, and yet still gathered their senses evacuated the passengers, then helped on the ground post-crash, all well injured and in shock. Flight attendants are first responders. They fight fires at 40,000 feet, knowing that no fire department is coming to help. They handle medical emergencies without an ambulance on its way. Flight attendants are thoroughly trained, then retrained and recertified annually. For every aircraft emergency, every loss of power or loss of altitude, runway problem, problem on takeoff or landing, fire, loss of structure, or decompression, the cabin crew work to prepare the passengers while preparing their own minds. They in instantaneously review their emergency equipment or operation, extinguisher operation, and so on to save the lives of their passengers. They have no control over their physical actions of the aircraft as it suffers an incident, but they have the training, the knowledge, their responsibility and the personal commitment to act to save the lives of passengers and then themselves. Flight attendants continue performing their duties post-crash. Imagine coming to consciousness in a twisted mass of metal with fire and smoke, fuel pouring, seats upside down, hearing calls for help. Then not realizing your own injuries, you begin to perform your duty to help passengers to safety. Therein lies the profound difference in the flight attendant role as a first responder. Flight attendants perform their duties after the aircraft has crashed. Flight attendants do not arrive at an accident scene healthy, alert, with good equipment and protective gear, but rather are part of the accident. They are the first responders, a simple fact. No one gets there, no one's get the, no one gets there quicker to help passengers because they are already there. Why omit flight attendants as first responders? Sadly, it is difficult to even find their names after perishing in an accident. The pilots are often named and labeled heroes, but the media consistently omits the valiant actions of the cabin crew. Even during COVID, frontline workers were praised, but flight attendants who flew for hours in an aircraft with aircraft cabin with recirculated air just to bring people home safely were entirely ignored. Sadly, the World Health Organization omitted their inclusion for prioritized COVID shots. That's so true. 
I mean, I thankfully was able to get my my shot pretty early, yeah. but still, we were not in the first year. Another professional. We were not. Yeah, we were not considered either. No. Another professional omission must be addressed. To date, flight attendants have not been included in an area meant to honor first responders. In both the U.S. and Canada, there are movements under food to have officially signed first responder appreciation days. Both countries have at least one Facebook group, which is requesting a day of recognition for fire police medical professionals in the U.S. and for police, firefighters, EMS, 911 dispatchers, and correctional officers in Canada. This is not meant to undermine these admirable endeavors, but rather to address an obvious but not traditionally recognized omission. Flight attendants, like all first responders, deserve respect. It is time that all flight attendants who work on an accident are lost or injured physically or mentally are given due respect as other emergency service providers are given. These simple words of recognition will allow their families and loved ones to be able to feel the comforting pride that is currently bestowed on other branches of emergency responders, give them credit and recognize them as emergency first responders. We are calling the mainstream media to support our global aviation first responders. That was like so excellent. That is amazing. That's an amazing article. Wow. I really enjoyed that. It got me emotional. It got me a little emotional too. <laughs> So, I mean, did you feel the passion in my voice when I was reading that? <laughs> That's why I tried not to interrupt you the most. I was like, oh, she's into it. And I'm like, <laughs> with a reason. So this was written by Brenda E. Chabot. Um, and this is actually from a couple of days ago, July 8th. Brenda, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> We appreciate you. Those two articles kind of like piggybacked on each other. Now that I'm looking, like looking back at yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The first one was kind of attacking the flight attendants, and this one is just like bringing the flight attendants yeah. up. But you know, we're just you know mass police and Nazis in the air. I mean, think whatever you got to think at the time that you need to evacuate a plane. That's when I become a flight attendant for you, huh? Right, exactly. See how it is. Uh huh. Okay, so shall we take a little break? Cause I gotta go drink some water. Yes. Hey there, this is Bobby with the Rock Guys podcast, and you are listening to the Flight Attendants Podcast. You're pre- you want to talk about meal prep? Requisite. Yes. <laughs> I love food. How was your water break? Oh, I'm pissed. Um, we had remember that we had that um, battery operated spout. Mm-hmm. Well, it finally ran out. It finally ran out of charge. So we went to recharge it and it's not recharging. So now I have to tilt the gallon, the five pound gallon, the five pound gallon? jug and try to get water out. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. You know what I mean? You're ridiculous. Um, so I okay. figured since we both were at parties, that we could talk about food, even though you were fed and I had to go fend for food. Still smelled like tacos. Here, yeah, wash your hands. Gross. <laughs> I wash my hands. It's just still, you know, it lingers. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about food. Let's talk about food. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about food. Yes. Let's talk about food. 
Let's That's talk gonna about be food. Food. Yes. We have already talked about how our schedule kind of works and mm-hmm. how we're gone sometimes three to four days longer. Um, but when we, when it, especially for me, I bring food. One, because it's cheaper and Way I get ti- cheaper. And I get tired of eating the same fast food at the airport. And especially right now with COVID, just finishing up, a lot of places at the airports don't have the proper proper staffing. They don't have the right hours. They don't have a lot of the stuff that they used to have. So it's very few and far in between that we can actually have a good meal. We're going to talk about some meal preps. We're going to talk about ways to keep your food fresh and some of my kitchen items that I bring with me on my on my trips. I think that's the one that people, our fellow co-workers, are so amazed of. Like how, especially when you and I fly together, how we basically have a kitchen. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I have to have my latte every morning, and I can only achieve that if I have my milk frother and my espresso maker. So since we're already talking about the gadgets, what else do you bring with you? I also bring my hot logic, and if I have like a long enough layover, I will also bring my portable griddle that i make crepes and eggs and bacon in yeah i had the i had the hot logic and i have my pour over coffee maker and my oh and the the silicone portable um cauldron or pod whatever you want to call it and i think that's it Mm -hmm. yeah you you um you introduced me to the pour over coffee filter because I do bring my tea kettle Yeah, that I just warm up my water in. But before I just brought my water or my tea kettle, I did bring an espresso maker and it is amazing. It's like a percolator, but it's electric and I just plug it in my hotel room. I'm making my my latte in the morning before I start getting ready and I'm good to go. I like the the um, the pour over because it's so easy and convenient when we are on the plane. Because yes, we do have coffee and I sometimes drink that coffee, but it's not it's it's not strong enough. Because um, we know we like we like espresso, brew us coffee. <laughs> right. I've actually never. I've, I've had coffee on the plane twice in 12 years wow like from the plane i guess it's because yeah i guess it's because it's just so convenient it's so like it's there and right in front of my face I, that's probably why i drink it but i don't necessarily like it because it's just not strong enough but honestly my espresso maker was 50 dollars. the milk frother was i think 35 and the tea kettle was 20 
my little griddle where I make my crepes and my eggs and bacon in, that one was $6.99 because we got it on sale. And then my Hot Logic, I got it on sale as well. And that was $14.99. So honestly, I have the amount of money that I have spent in these gadgets has saved me so much money over the past few years because I don't have to keep ordering breakfast. That's going to be like $10 for breakfast and then $15 for lunch and then another $20 for dinner. And I haven't had to buy coffee in like four years, like from Starbucks. I'll buy it because I am running late or because I just want to not have to do the coffee in the morning or if I have a super early show. The comparison from one versus the other, I've maybe saved $1,000 in like two years. If you add it all up, it, it will definitely save you some money. And not only that, you can control what you eat and not settle. And even before the pandemic, like even like airport food is so overpriced. I'm very badly made because it's all processed yeah. mostly. But I wasn't talking just in food-wise $1,000. That was just coffee. Just coffee in two years, that's $1,000 right there. Yeah. Oh, wow. I never thought about it like that. That's a lot of money. A bag of coffee at the grocery store is like, what, $10? And that will last me a month or so. I'd rather do that. And then if I have, if I stay in a hotel where we have milk, I'll just grab milk from the hotel. And I think, I think because I worked for Starbucks for so long as well, like almost 10 years that... I was, when I came in into the aviation world, I had to have Starbucks. And then that's what I'm just like, I need to stop that because it gets so expensive. It gets so expensive. That's when uh, Turkey got me that, the, the pour over. So. And not only is it expensive, um, but when you get Starbucks me. at the airport, they do it wrong so many times. The all the time I like i stopped asking for anything complicated i remember when uh, or between quotes complicated right when i when when you hadn't started flying yet i remember texting you and asking you how to make a starbucks double shot and then you told me and the person that was doing the starbucks double shot was doing it completely different and I was like, okay, I'm not going to order this drink anymore. Yeah. Black coffee, and I'll add my own stuff. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I just ask for the coffee and I finish it off because they don't put the effort. Coffee aside, <laughs> how do you define what food works best for you? Or like, how do you decide what to bring on your layovers? Easy, non-perishable as possible, light. And I think that's pretty much it. Doesn't always or are all my food like that no but i tried the most um because we also have to think that we have to carry it and we have to keep it cold so <clears throat> unless i'm with you that i know that we can like juggle you carry this i'll carry that <laughs> and, and <laughs> vice versa and during the entire trip we will change roles and who carries what but um, yeah, I try to go light and non-perishable as possible. I have taken with me raw meat and I actually have cooked it just to try how um, 
if that is even possible. It is possible, but as long as it's one leg into the the city that I'm going to, the destination, I wouldn't take it with me more than one leg. I have Don Rami frozen and I have eaten it the following day. So I'll have one leg and then I'll put it in the freezer part of the fridge. And then the following day I cooked it and that kept pretty well, but it was a brick of ice when I got it, when I put it in my bag. That also helped to keep my bag and my stuff cool until I got to the hotel. But I think... Yeah, that's a perk of doing that too. Yeah, but I think that if it hadn't been frozen, I would not have waited an additional day to to have made it. I made it on the Hot Logic. I have used the, the Hot Logic and the, and the portable pot just to see how it works. But yeah, no, I, I have carried um, frozen. When I said raw meat, I mean that it's actually frozen. For me anyway... I was, well, I was, I used to do this whole elaborate thing where I would make like a different meal for each day. I would prep the entire day before and that was time consuming. It worked out great for a while because I had enough time between each trip. However, as I started adding more trips, especially when I had my place in Chicago and my place in Indiana, that I had to split my time off it became a harder to meal prep and visit my mom and get together with my partner back and forth and spending time with you too. It, it just, it just kind of became of like, okay, I'm doing ground beef and cabbage for like three days and I will eat that for three days. And I burnt out really quickly on that. Yeah. And I remember you were coming like, you will bring all the food and you will cook at my place before you had to go. So it was like our, our quality time just went on, on, on your cooking. Yeah. So I feel like now that I'm back just living in Indiana, my mom has been MVP because she's been meal prepping for me. Essentially. She'll be like, okay, what do you want to take tomorrow? And I mean, you know me, I'll pretty much eat anything. And so she will cook me anything and my food will be wonderful. I, and she will pack me a lot of food. So I, I have told her maybe like the past three months, I said, please don't pack me as much food because it's too much. And then I come home with leftovers and it's not that I don't mind eating them, but after being out of the, out of the fridge in the fridge in or, you know, out of the fridge into the ice, out of the ice, back into the fridge, my food goes goes bad pretty quickly. And I feel like that's one of the things, one of the tips that we need to talk about is the fact that if you're going to bring food, bring enough food for like two to three days. And then if you have to spend money on the fourth day, then that's fine. If you're going to bring food, bring enough food for two to three days. And usually what I do is I just try to have trips that have one leg home. And so then on the last day, I really only have to buy breakfast or lunch. I don't have to buy three different meals. Now, um, when I was in reserve I, and not knowing where, where I was going to fly and what they were going to give me, what I started doing was, like you were saying, like doing the meal prep, but I will make different and I will start freezing them. Yes, it wasn't great, but at the same time, whenever they give me that, like, two hours and one minute 
call before I had to go to the airport, I don't have time to just like sit, sit around and see, oh, I feel like broccoli today. So I had to just grab whatever was in there, put it, toss it all in my bag and just get the heck out of the house. So that kind of helped in the cost, especially because when you're on reserve, you're not making much money, although you could, but it's... It's hard to do. Not, and not knowing, it's hard to do. And not knowing where you're going, like um, even before the pandemic too, is like if you get to a place where it's not, when our hotel is not close enough, you know, we have to order uh, online. And that is an, an additional $20 on whenever, top of the payment that you're already doing for the food. Whenever I have to order Uber, Grubhub or whatever, wherever, I always ask the other flight attendants, hey, I'm ordering food. Do you want to order food with me? Because we can still all order our food. And then the cost at least will go down a little bit. But remember that one That's time? That's a good we, way also to do it. Remember that one time we were in uh, Tampa, we ordered all this food just between the both of us and it ended up being crap food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. Like, you don't know what you're going to get unless you know the place that you have ordered before. But they, you're going to spend like $50 in one in crap food. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. So I do, I do agree with like taking the extra time and um, either the day before or, or I, I'd done the same day, you know, with late show times. But yeah, I tried as much, especially I, when we hit the pandemic, then there was nothing even. Open. Yeah. There was no, the hotels didn't have food for us. Uh, there was nothing. The, the restaurants were closed. That's when I started canning. I I started um, doing the, 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 you know, canning like vegetables and, and meats and stuff like that. And, and by canning, I mean like putting it in a jar and actually preparing the jar um, on hot water and all that stuff. But then, you know, I had the time. That's also a, a little bit of time consuming, but do big batches of everything that we want to eat through the entire month or year. And uh, we just put it away and I started using those on the pandemic. Um, and, speaking it, of, and I think it saved me a lot. Speaking of which, my mom needs more. Huh? My mom needs more marmalade, please. More jam. Yes. Yes, please. Did you took you took some of the last time you were here, right? Yes, but apparently that wasn't enough. It's gone now. She has one little bottle left. Good lord. <laughs> she likes it with her Irish butter. <laughs> so for me, ideally. Oh my god. What? Oh my god. That that um that corn salad that she made for you. What was it? Corn salad with. Oh that. my god, that was so good. <laughs> it's good she makes good food she does so ideally for me it would be something fresh for the first day so like a salad for the first day because then that won't go bad so then the second day would be something like tuna salad or like a chicken salad that has you know a little bit of mayo even though I don't like mayo. And then for the third day, it's something that maybe has been frozen and that I can just like pop in the hot mini, uh, the hot logic. Now, do you, do you prepare the tuna and salad and everything before you take it with you? Yes, because the cans are outrageously heavy. 
because I've been doing the the putting the can and the the ziplock of mayonnaise, and I've been preparing it at all the hotels. See, for me, it's mostly the poor cleaners. They probably hate me. <laughs> what is this? What is this tuna can? So for me, it's mostly because uh, <laughs> I just don't like prepping. I it's really. Apart from making my breakfast, you know, the crepes and the bacon and eggs, I don't like prepping my food in the hotel. Not because it's unsanitary, just because it's uncomfortable to me. Remember when we took the ba the, the bacon and the eggs, the carton of eggs? <laughs> we surely did. And we requested to have jointed rooms. <laughs> yeah. We've had some good times. Yeah. But, but no, yeah, so... But they're, they, I mean, they also have those water pouches, or like not water pouches, but they have the the pouches of tuna. And those, I guess, wouldn't be as messy. Yeah. But That's another cheaper. thing that I was using. I had the, the yeah, the cans are cheaper. I, I also had the, the sealer, the vacuum sealer. And I like when I make rice, I put it on the, like on those baggies and seal it, uh, heat it, like do the, the Ziploc thingy. Um, the vacuum seal mm -hmm. and what I have is the collapsible bowl and I use the hot water inside the plane so I always have warm food with me yeah because I put the, the food in, on the water that's how that's how I warm up my food on the plane I put it inside a bag one of the trash bags and then I put that bag inside my insulator bag and that'll warm it up and I had the little bowl and I just dunked it there I remember this flight attendant brought shrimp with her. She brought a bunch of like herbs, rice, the, the, the rice, uh, the rice um, wrap. And she makes spring rolls inside oh. the plane. She's calling the captain. And she's like, hey, do you, I made spring rolls. You guys want some? He's like, what? You brought her with you? He's like, no, I just made it at the galley. She took the entire galley. <laughs> covered in paper foil paper and she dunked the rice paper on the water to put them on top and lay it down she took the shrimp and she cut it i'm like what is this that's doing the most honestly <laughs> like i i have been i have been known to do the most on the plane but that surpasses anything i've ever done on the plane she had a buffet on the galley but i don't think i will ever do that <laughs> so when I first started flying, I and I was a broke flight attendant, I would I would go to the store and I would get a loaf of bread and then I would get cheese and ham or turkey and then I would just like make sandwiches. I mean, I still do the same. I mean, well, yeah, as, I still do that. And this is so easy. It's so easy, and not only is it easy, it's cheap, and it's something that you at least for most people, you know, you're going to like it regardless, whether you can have like, and I have broth in my bag with me. So I, I'll just make like a little soup. So there was another flight attendant that like was so shocked and was laughing so hard at the fact that I brought the whole roll of, uh, of bread with me. And I'm like, girl, I'm eating. I came here. I'm broke, but I'm not going to like starve to death just because, you know, I am broke. And she's like, I have to take a picture of this. And I'm like, go ahead. 
go ahead and you, would you like a sandwich as well she's like as a matter of fact yes i do and i'm like exactly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what is the worst food to bring in a plane and i and i and i have one for you broccoli fish and hard-boiled eggs oh yeah <laughs> those are those three are like the worst actually <laughs> Wait, wait, let me add one more. Especially the broccoli, like kimchi. I love kimchi, but please don't eat it on the plane. Really? You got some some stinky kimchi. <laughs> but oh my god, when you open the container where the broccoli is in, if it's cooked, oh my mm-hmm. god. I want to barf. I want it to barf because it's so bad. I don't know, something about the smell of like cooked broccoli that has been sitting on a bag or a container you open it it's not pleasant at all i think i can handle the egg because i can immediately know what the egg is but with the broccoli i don't I, is it bad is it is it okay <laughs> oh another one cauliflower cooked cauliflower it's kind of the same like as broccoli yeah it's the broccoli yeah but i think broccoli is worse Ooh, yeah. no i can smell it right now <laughs> Okay, so favorite food to bring? Uh, chili. <laughs> like my it's turkey not very chili? Healthy, but oh my God, it's just so easy. N- no, my, my chili. Your turkey chili is really good. But I like that one, like really fresh done. It, like I just want to sit down and enjoy it. Not like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat it in a hotel. No, that deserves more than that. But my chili, I just can it. And I have like 10, 20 of them. Oh, they're so easy. And um, the chili is one of my favorite food. You should can some of my chili. But, I don't know. It's... Now, how do you keep your, your food fresh inside your bag? I used to order the HelloFresh meal kits. And they okay. came with the with the really thick Nordic ice. And that keeps for days. Yes. So I will put that at the bottom of my bag. And... When I get to the hotel, I will try to give it to the front desk for them to put it in their freezer because the freezers in the rooms are crap. I have sometimes like I, I carry one of those. I have purchased other ones. Well, I think I had them. I don't, I don't remember, but I know that I had some of the I've been using those. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes have to like continue adding eyes, like especially when we had like three legs in one day. Mm-hmm. I had to add eyes just to make sure that that. Uh, that they stay cool and and whatnot. Sadly, the like the bad part of using the ice that comes with the with the HelloFresh meal kits is the fact that there's they get to be so heavy. So at the end of the trip, you're literally lugging around water, and you're not even drinking water. Like you're not drinking that water. They're bulky too, so it takes some space inside the bag. Right, right. So I mean, I've been using. I've been using the the collapsible bowls to carry my food, but in the past I was yeah. doing Ziplocs because it t- it took a lot less space, and that helped with the ice pouches. Yeah, I've been doing the either the vacuum seal or the Ziplocs because it just takes. Because I was doing the whole like meal prep and they had the the tray with like separated, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. No, <laughs> I can only fit three in my bag. There are there are some flight attendants who are amazing at meal prepping and they will 
they will have like their food how they want it and it looks amazing and it's great i just can't do that and then we have you know vegan we have vegan flight attendants we have vegetarian flight attendants we have flight attendants who cannot eat meat on certain days of the week so it's it's a great way to for for your personal diet that you have to bring your own food. I mean, I personally bring snacks to just kind of munch on throughout the day because I hate eating those snacks on the plane. I can only have so many snack packs. What is your favorite snacks on the plane? I don't really have one. I just eat because it's there. I don't snack much on the planes. But I do, when I do get hungry, I, I'll eat. But that's one of the things like I don't get hungry that often. I don't know why. I bring, I I bring like pecans or fresh fruit that I'll eat throughout the day. I'll bring carrots or celery, stuff that I that I know I like that I can munch on, and that doesn't necessarily have to go with anything. I also bring apples. I bring guayabas. Guayabas. I know. Oh my gosh! When I went to Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago, I had a guanabana. Mimosa. Oh, so good. It was perfect. I'm so jealous right now. I mean, I bring like little stuff that I can eat because I don't want to snack off the yeah. Olives, cheese, some wine. Just kidding. Just kidding. We cannot drink while on the job. <laughs> when you do huh? have to eat out, how much are you willing to spend? Oh, that's a good question. Do you have a budget for that? Because I don't. <laughs> I, I do, actually. So depending on what my trip looks like and who I'm flying with. For example, on this last trip, I was not planning on eating out at all. But then we had a really horrible first day and we went out for one drink, exactly one drink, and we bought nachos. And that was $40 for all three of us. So that wasn't bad at all. Then the following day. That's not bad at all. Then the following day, we went out for gumbo and we had gotten a $30 tip on the plane. So that covered our three gumbos and we had, again, one drink. And it was $76 in total because we also ordered appetizer. So it was three drinks, appetizers, and three gumbos. And that was $76, but we had the $30 tip. So our total bill was $46. That was tip included. That was $15 per person. Not bad at all. That's not bad at all. I'll usually set my mind of I'm not spending any money, but if I am going to spend money, I can't go over $100. Oh, that's a bigger budget than I actually try to keep myself on there. Like... If it's thirty or forty dollars, I'm like. Mm. I mean, I just meant like a hundred dollars for the entire trip, not one day. Oh, gotcha. Man, that's a lot of. Budget I don't even think I one... spend them. Well, no, I have. A... Yeah. I mean, there are there are trips where I don't spend anything because my crew is kind of lame, or I just want to keep to myself. But I go in. I go in, not planning to spend money, and then. I won't spend more than a hundred. There is a layover 
that no matter how much food I have, I have to go out and eat. But he has creme brulee and I must. Oh, yeah, that's one where we have I to must. Go. No matter how broke I am, I have to have my creme brulee. I just have to have my drink. That layover with a happy hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So nice. So nice. Now, the ones that I'm really, really scared of are Minneapolis, Orlando, New Jersey, mostly because we're right by shopping centers, really good shopping centers. And then that's where my budget goes out the window. <laughs> oh, in Boston and Boston. That's not food, though. <laughs> I know. Oh, in Boston. <laughs> in Boston. That's not food, though. It's not. But I mean, you know, once you're out, once you're out <laughs> shopping. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's go stop at Elephant and Castle for some champagne <laughs> because we just went to the store. <laughs> That's what me and Bobby did the first time we met. We went shopping and then we went to Elephant and Castle and had champagne. And then we ended up having dinner. I'm sorry. We had Prosecco and dessert and then we ended up having dinner and more drinks and i think another dessert before we left that table <laughs> fort myers there is a, a restaurant nearby that has prime rib specials Iowa for 15 <laughs> <laughs> it is that same place <laughs> fyi <laughs> i love it <laughs> we'll have to tell that story and uh they I, what i didn't know is they have specials every day and i think thursdays is prime rib oh, for 15 dollars. Nice. and oh my god the food itself is good but that prime rib was delicious 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 anything else you want to add regarding meal prep no i think we have covered pretty much everything there's a lot of recipes and stuff like that out there I think that you should write down your favorite recipe and I'll write down my favorite recipe that's quick and simple to make for the plane or for your trip. And then we'll just post it along with the episode. Mm. Also, it was kind of thrown last minute and we didn't talk about it on the episode from last Sunday. So nobody has replied regarding our looniness on season one oh. or season two, episode one. So I have not gotten an email, nothing. So what we want to do now is kind of announce it formally. There is a hidden looniness moment between Uncle Jay and myself in season two, episode one. And if you can find it, and email us a time code to the flight attendant podcast at gmail.com. You will receive a merch item from us from our upcoming merch line. What, what? So listen carefully. So go and find it, email us, win some merch, and then we'll be having some merch items in the store on our website, the flight attendantpodcast.com soon. We're just finishing up some last minute details regarding that. That's so crazy. We're going to have merchandise now. Are you excited? That's where we are at. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. I'll take that as a yes. You are excited. <laughs> yes. So have you been watching anything, reading anything, listening to anything? I watched last night Sweeney Todd. And it's not a TV show. But I had to watch the movie. It's one of my top favorite movies. I do like Johnny Depp. 
And I pretty much know most of the songs. <laughs> of course you do. Oh, I just, oh, oh no. Oh no. I'm surprised you didn't say anything because I don't know the songs from Doctor Who. And? Nothing. Just yeah, I'm don't throwing you shade. <laughs> so, so you're not listening to any podcasts? I'm so disappointed in you. I'm I'm listening to the Trixie and Katya. And you're still reading your I, other uh, book? And uh, no, um, I haven't read anything lately. I'm still like, I, I restarted doing the trilogy again. But um, I also was on vacation, like my little vacation too. So I didn't really have much time to read. Unlike you, I have been listening to some podcasts. And the guys from the Bad Council, Tim and Greg, have started a new podcast called Eclectic Company, and it's mostly an interview podcast. So, so far, they only have one episode out. They, they're great. I mean, we've listened to those guys before. I've also been listening to Live Life Loud, the Decibolic podcast. That's also kind of like another interview podcast. So have a listen to that. But this one's more musical and like musical interviews. And just, you know, like here and there listening to bits of everywhere that I do. However, my favorite, one of my favorite shows, Leverage, came back after being canceled back in 2011 and they dropped eight episodes yesterday and i've already watched eight episodes yesterday oh, wow yes it's great i'm judging you that's okay i'll take it you can't take away the fact that i watched eight episodes yesterday and then i'm just continuing reading my book the house of spirits okay uncle jay where can they find us they can find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Awesome. They should also subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us at the Flight Attendant Podcast on Instagram at Stay Safe, Fly Safe on Twitter. You can also find us via our email at the Flight Attendant Podcast at gmail.com. And our website. The flight attendant. <laughs> really? It's almost been. At the flight attendant podcast.com. Ah, oh, you missed it. Uh, here we go. Here we go. At the flight attendant podcast.com. <laughs> and. That's all I have for you today. Stay safe. Fly safe. Look at you. Always.